I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who holds space for any earthling as they reunite body and soul. I'm a bridge for relationships between earthlings of all species so that the heart bond becomes stronger, deeper, and more loving. I serve in the roles of animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. Hey everybody, I hope your individual summers are proceeding just how you want them to proceed. Whether you are a longtime sun worshiper and you happen to have sun wherever you are, or all the way on the other end of the spectrum and prefer to spend your days in the shade by the pool, sipping on a cool beverage, which is my favorite, (laughs) or anywhere in between. The month of July, and in particular this recent full moon, was auspicious for me, I have to say, because I sent my first ever book manuscript off to my editor for gulp editing. I took the last several weeks revising the manuscript, which proved to be so worthwhile in all of its painful glory. (laughs) Because it's one thing to do a bi-monthly podcast, and quite another I found to stitch together an entire presentation of a paradigm shift, if you will, into a cogent whole. Never mind figure out exactly to whom I want the words of the animals to resonate. The editor asked me way back in February what my goal was for the book, and my fairly saucy reply was world domination, of course. And to her question of what my ideal reader would look like, I used the demographics of my current client list, coupled with a heaping side of compassionate support as human beings transition to being human, capital H, among all the animal species on the planet, as well as hoping to thread the needle of casual academic reading If there is such a thing, I'd like to think that there is. And humans who aren't afraid to take on the mantle of steward or guardian, which is our true role on this planet, that we can somehow rise above apex predator or erstwhile victim that we have slipped into for likely centuries, or more accurately, that we've evolved into. And I'd like to think that we can evolve the you-know-what right back out of it, provided we follow the lead of the animals. Working with an editor is going to be fun, I think, and on my Twitter feed, there's a quote about the relationship between a writer and an editor, something about it doesn't need to be an adversarial one. Wise words to keep in mind. Of course, given who I am, my fear is that the writing won't be good enough to be lifted to a somewhat readable content, even by an incredibly talented editor, of which I know I have now. Just as fast, I thought, well, that's a fair bit of drama. (laughs) Let's see if we can back it down just a notch, get to the point where I could laugh at my own fear and keep taking the risks that the animals want me to, because I know they're on my side just as they are on yours. We must keep asking how we're doing for and by them, and just as importantly, for and by ourselves. Are we giving ourselves enough of a break that we seem to also easily give to others? Are we giving ourselves the compassion and the grace that we extend to others in situations of missteps or misquotes or of miss anything in our lives? 
that's the sweet spot the animals hold for all of us this time, and not this angsty predator-prey thingy that we perceive as there. They want us to join them in energy. They want us to know and embrace who we are, just as they do. And they want us, above all, to see that it's unified duality by way of balance and partnership for everything and everyone on the planet. And maybe not this drama-filled landscape we've created for us and therefore for them. There's a whole chapter in the book about the ABCs of telepathy, and the book itself is loosely titled Animagetics, the Master Language of Energy, Volume 1, A Primer for Humans. And that telepathy, that's a cool word, right? And it's not mine, full disclosure, that much I can say for sure right now, because I don't know how all of this permission and quotes thingy with the book goes, so to be determined. I do know it's meant to be a combination of telepathy and empathy, and I just love the resonance of the word. Do you as well? I also wrote about how words, you all know this by now, and the resonance of them within the naturally conductive property of water in our bodies is how this all works for the animals, for all animal species on the planet, including human. So when I've received a telepathic download from an animal or the universe at large, it's my job to find words that resonate with and translate accurately based on meaning into human vocabulary, or what some biologists are now referring to as vocalizations by different animal species, which in itself is a paradigm shift for us, right? We think that because we have a, air quotes, language with meaning, that we need to teach other species our language and also translate what we think their language is and what we openly call their external vocalizations into our language. Presumably because we've got a mind, we've got an intellect, we're smarter than they are because of these last two things, mind and intellect. And I think it's worthwhile and I think it's kind of cool to switch things around and maybe in a sense stand on our heads to see how we're doing things in order to determine if that serves anyone and or everyone on the planet. Because without the input of animals, I think it's fair to say we're not. Dolphin came in just this past weekend via an article in the New York Post because, of course, the podcast this week, a non-coincidence, as it was about Dolphin, that the original study about their vocalizations came to light a couple of months ago. The new article was about how Dolphin mothers use, quote, baby talk, we'll get into that for sure, to call to their young. The first article, the original article, broke down the similarities between toothed whales, aka dolphin, and how they're able to make different vocalizations because they don't have the same anatomy that we do, like a larynx. It turns out that they are able to blow air like we do, so make sound like we do, i.e. vocalizations, over what's evolved to be science is calling phonic lips so that they use a register, a vocal register. It's termed vocal fry at the lowest, chest register, which is our standard speaking, and falsetto for a perhaps plus octave sound. The toothed whale use vocal fry, the lowest register, which in itself is an interesting 
coupling of words, right? What exactly is being fried (laughs) to hunt for their food? This is what powers echolocation deep underwater, with water being actually more efficient than air, as far as sound goes, and enables them to move air pressure at considerable range and drive prey to where they are wanting a snack, meaning where the dolphin are wanting a snack, not the prey. (laughs) I'll put a link to that article in the podcast notes. The latest article, the second article about dolphin mothers and their calves, reads a bit like your mom when she wanted to call you in for dinner. Should you have been lucky enough then to be able to play safely with the neighbor's kids out in the backyard or maybe even a few doors down? These whistles of the bottlenose dolphin were up in the falsetto range, and the range was greater than usual. So can you just imagine what was being communicated? Henrietta, get your butt home right now and bring your brother with you. A feat that perhaps only the mother of any species can effectively master. (laughs) The biologists involved in this study gathered data over 30 years down in Florida. And this is what they came up with, which according to the article was labeled as baby talk. Hmm. Dolphin and now other species naturally are weighing in because the article brings it back to human babies naturally and that, quote, they as a group tend to pay more attention to speech with a greater pitch range. The young of other species, including rhesus monkeys and zebra finch hatchlings and fledglings, the article states, do this, as well as likely any other species that we might spend, I don't know, 30 or so years studying. And you know, I just have to say, the anthropomorphism of calling this baby talk is strong with this article. It's a false narrative, I think, I submit, about our language as compared to other animal species' so-called vocalizations, and here's why. The environment of a human infant is very secure, usually, where the environment of the young of bird, monkey, and dolphin are not. There are considerably more chances for the young of other species, particularly in the wild, to get into trouble survival-wise than there is for the human infant. And after all, survival is the name of the game for any species. So it's not our language or speech or baby talk to which the infants are responding, it's the sound of the words. It's the spelling of the words. So as the saying goes, out of the mouths of babes, starting with all animal species, including the human animal one, comes the wisdom of survival passed down through ancestors and not of the moment. Because what if our young are showing our species what they need to survive with a response to a vocalization of a higher range that's the same among all species. To label it baby talk dumbs it down. These similar vocalizations by other species are meant to travel further distances in order to gain control of the actions of animals who are still growing in knowledge in their own this lifetime, this time around animal experience. Keep in mind as well that on average, a human baby doesn't learn how to walk or talk until between 12 to 18 months or so of age. So even if they respond this way to a greater pitch range, other species vocalize and can ambulate effectively within their environment far more quickly and usually within a matter of minutes. 
So if we look at our language as vocalizations as we do theirs, as a standard use of sound survival for the young, there's that. And then there's something additional than what register of voice they use as compared to ours. Because the animals would offer that sounds of alarm among species are often in the higher register or the falsetto tone, the greater register as well. So in another stand-on-your-head moment, they ask, quote, why are your babies not alarmed by the high-pitched tone as well? Why aren't they turning immediately to seek shelter in their mothers as do our young? Who is mirroring whom here? Which is a point well taken, I think. There are ongoing attempts to match the vocalizations with our words of other species using AI, one in particular involving whales, and still the animals think that that misses the point. They say, quote, We all share the energy of a moment of a situation of a relationship, and your words of love and romance, for instance, depending only on intention, can be used to harm just as easily as joined together such as in the situation of unrequited love and stalking. Gosh, that took a bit of a dark turn. (laughs) And yet I can't fault their logic, because it's true. It's the intention and energy contained within that intention that quite literally speaks volumes, making energy the one true language, and not just the register, and certainly not just baby talk. And at least that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. To schedule online, go to lizanneflynn.com. Come find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles. You'll find that link in my podcast footer and be sure to subscribe. Tune in in two weeks' time as we'll continue on the topic of whale, and in this case, orca, who has been seen in our perception attacking boats in what some humans perceive is odd behavior. I'm not sure about the message from our animal ambassador, Orca, just yet. That, as well, is to be determined. This has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.